Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome to the next episode of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. My guest today is Danielle Washington. Danielle is the owner of Unpacked Full Parenting. She is a behavior and potty training specialist located in the Northwest suburbs. We are recording on July 18th, 2023, and this is episode 12. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and the ages of your children? Yes. So my name is Danielle Washington. My children, my oldest is seven. His name is Makai and my youngest is three. Her name is Ava. Okay. So you're in the throes of the fun times. (laughs) Definitely. If you could describe your parenting style, what would it be? Um, So this was very, very interesting. I I like to say that I love that my profession kind of blends with my parenting, like my real life outside. I think that's with any business, but with mine specifically, specifically because I work with parents and things like that, it's evolved over the years. Um, But I would just say it's just intentional parenting. It's being intentional about knowing that they're their own person, knowing that I will falter sometimes, knowing that, you know, they're going to change and complete, continue to develop and that, you know, all of the intricacies are a part of the journey and to just kind of take it as it comes day by day. Wow. That sounds very um, like liberating almost, you know, because it's like you don't have yeah. this like pressure on yourself. It's just like, we're yeah. just going to see how it goes day by day. So I think that that's great. Without disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. And as a millennial, would you describe how you were parented as similar to how you're parenting your children? So I think like my generation are that kind of like bridge between kind of like old school parenting and new school parenting. So we're kind of in a really weird space. And I think that's what kind of um, also plays into how I parent. It's just that we're all kind of just figuring out where the crossroads go, because again, Back when I was parented, it was a little bit more of like the traditional, you know, parents are the authority figures. You listen, um, children have like a place in the household and you stay in that place. Um, So, yeah, I would say more traditional. Okay. And for those that don't understand the work that you do, how would you describe how you help new families? So I essentially like to say like, I mean, I am a postpartum doula, but I would like to say when I do parent coaching um, and I work with like potty training and behavior, specifically behavior, because that's my baby. I love it. Um, I would say it's more so just learning um, what drives behavior and like developmental um, milestones of children, because a lot of times, unless you went to school, like this is like your passion, we don't know what's developmentally appropriate for children. And I and colleagues of mine have talked about how we should have parenting classes on child development so that we know kind of what's going on. So it's really just learning the whys, because when you can learn, when you know what the why is behind things and you can know how and when to address it and how to address it. Yes, I totally agree with you. I learned um, Erickson. I'm pretty old, obviously, but, and I love still the idea of like thinking of things in that level. And I actually created like a house as like a visual for people. So like the first year is trust versus mistrust. And then that would be like the foundation of your house. And then you build up the house with the walls and the roof and the windows from there. Um, But I think it's really helped guide even my parenting. Like, you know, my son now is for sure, he's 11. So I forget which one he's in exactly, but he's definitely fallen along with those like throughout time, which has been great. Um, What type of behavioral 
issues other than the potty training do your clients come to you with? Um, a lot of times I get, it's crazy. When I first came in, I thought it was going to be like a lot of toddlers, which is pretty, pretty true to be done or pretty true to this day. But I've also had a pretty good influx of like school age children, because I think, again, in our society, we kind of put these children, put it on a box. And we think that like once they hit a magic number, magic age, and usually that's around like three or four, we think they no longer need like steady um, help or like they, that they kind of, they got it or they know better. And a lot of times parents are like, why am I still struggling when they're in school and, you know, they're older, it's supposed to get easier. So it's a little bit of like parents who come from like the baby to toddlerhood, where it's like, you go from this baby that literally you can kind of not manipulate, but like can control a little bit easier. And then they become this like person, like almost overnight in toddlerhood that I get. And then I have the parents that are like, okay, we made it through toddlerhood, but now I'm still struggling and they're in school. And now they have like a whole identity and I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you find that the pandemic affected like the primary years and therefore some of these behaviors are like as a result of that? Or are these kids almost too young for that to really be an impact? I think that's like dependent on the situation. I do think, I mean, it's it'd be naive and crazy to say that what happened in the last three to four years did not impact us like on some level. But I do believe that a little bit is just awareness on just like, again, that like the developmental stages and like where they are. Like we said, like those different mistrust versus trust that like, you know, them learning these different com- complexities that are black and white in their mind or it's really gray. And we're trying to like make it black and white in our mind because we've mastered them. It's just kind of like bringing us to their level instead of the opposite, because one is easier than the other. Right. For sure. <laughs> those things. <laughs> What is your favorite thing about the work you do? Um, I think it's just making a difference, making an impact. I am very impact driven. I don't really, I mean, obviously we all need to make a living, but I am so blessed and so grateful that my work doesn't only just come with like a value monetarily. Like it's just, it's something that really helps some improve people's lives and relationships. And like, it's, that's just, that's the most beautiful thing about it. Seeing the growth and not only the parents, but the children, once we kind of get them on one accord. It sounds like you actually have like a lot of feedback pretty quickly in terms of like that you're doing a good job, which is very nice because sometimes you know, certain professions are a little bit harder to get that with. Yeah. It usually is like in a sense of like when I, going from like maybe like the first few because the first few are just me getting to know them and like just troubleshooting some of the plans. But then I like come on like maybe that third or fourth meeting and just like seeing the like relaxed and like just confidence that parents come in with. I'm just like, yes, this is what we want. Like I want you to feel so rooted in your parenting that, you know, when things get crazy and the wind starts blowing and the tornadoes hit, you know, you, you're not afraid to be swept up in the madness. Yeah, I agree. No matter what type of provider that I meet within, you know, the perinatal um, umbrella, everybody is striving for their clients to have confidence, which is really hard to do, but it is also so important. What is the biggest challenge with the work you do? I was going to say, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the, the best part of it is that it's intangible. So a lot of it, like the success is intangible. Like you don't really see 
you're not going to see like the improvement in terms of like in behavior or with body training where it's like immediate and you can put it in your hands, right? It's not a product. It's kind of like an ongoing process. And depending on how complex the behaviors are, sometimes, you know, you kind of like a car where you fix one part of it and another part starts to break down. It can have parents feel a little like, oh, we just fixed this. Like, why is this a problem? Like we, we got on, you know, common ground. And now since we fixed this area, now this area is starting to, you know, needs to be fixed. But I like to say that there's strength in that, meaning that like now we're getting everything on a well-oiled, well, you know, there's not just parts kind of just clunking together. We're not in survival mode. We want to be thriving, right? There's a difference between the two of those. There's a huge difference and it's a really hard thing to get to. Did you work with a doula uh, either postpartum or during your birth since you are a doula yourself? I did not, which is crazy to think, right? But I think that's what makes me so appreciative of the service and glad that I'm able to do what I wish I had. Uh, I, much like now, it's it still kind of blows my mind a little bit how many people don't know what, like, about postpartum doulas. Because doulas, you hear doulas name, usually it's the birth doulas that comes to people's mind. They're like, oh, you go to the hospital. It's like, no, actually, I don't assist with the birth at all. I'm strictly when you come home to help you transition after the big, you know, the big event. Um, but I, I really wish that I knew a little bit more about it. And I did because I struggled, especially with my second, who I had right before the, right after the shutdown. So we were home oh, wow. inside for like six months and I struggled um, mentally. I struggled physically, well, not physically so much, but it was just more so I just, I just knew I could have, the extra help could have been really, really beneficial. And you had a toddler running around. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's really hard. Did you always want to be a parent? Yes. Um, I have loved children. I mean, I feel like I've been in this space since for as long as I can remember. My mom had an in-home daycare. So like we grew up around children, other children and taking care of children. That's just the the culture that was like just created in our household. Um, and I went to school thinking like I'm going to work with children and families in some capacity. And it just has evolved and transformed as I kind of just let life unfold. That's fantastic. At what age of your child do you think that you really start parenting your child? I think it starts from like the moment you come out, at least for me, like not even the moment they came out, the moment I found out I was pregnant with my first, I was like, okay, you know, like what is, but I think that is because I've been in the field for so long. I kind of had a little bit of a, a little bit, like just a little bit of a leg up because I kind of knew what comes with with working with or having children or being in space of children, taking care of children. So I knew the like gravity of what's about to happen. So, I mean, from that, from there on, when I found out I was pregnant with my son, I, I completely was like, okay, I need to make sure that, you know, we're on the same page, my husband and I, on like what we're going to do, how we're going to parent him and all those things. So it started immediately for me. Do you have to parent your children differently? And if so, how? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> my daughter is my fire child. She is an Aries. Um, she needs to like move through things on her own before you can come in and help her. And I had to learn that because of my son, he accepted my help like immediately. Like he's more open and more, more even kilter out of the two of them. They're both fire, but like my daughter's like a little bit, but um, yeah, it's definitely different. I have to use different like phrases and like respond differently and move them through their emotions differently because they're, they're very different. They came from the same two parents, but 
they have different personalities, different temperaments. So yes, I do have to tweak things quite a bit. Sometimes I can kind of do a blanket and my son does a really good job of being, we like to say our third parent. <laughs> he really loves to like help out. Sometimes we have to kind of corral him a little bit, but yeah, no, we, we definitely parent differently for both of them. Which element does your Zodiac sign fall under? I am an air sign. I'm a Gemini. Oh, okay. So that should work with the fire then, correct? You would think, right? Although it's um, interesting because I always feel like the Capricorns work the best with, you know, the fire signs. Yeah. I I think my I, I like to think of it as like air, oxygen really makes fire grow. So sometimes oh. I like make things worse. <laughs> and my husband's a Pisces and he's a water sign and he knows how to like calm her down. So it's almost like he's like the host that comes in. Um, so yeah, no, I, in our family, and I'm sure it's dependent on different families. I, my husband is much better at like calming her down than I am. And that was a big pill for me to swallow. <laughs> it took a while for me to be like, okay, I have to step back. Like he's got this. Um, Cause you're just so used to like being in that role. And again, just shows the difference between the two. Between um, the siblings. Exactly. Yeah. And I always tell my yeah. clients like, well, everything that you had struggled with, with this one, the good news is, is you probably won't struggle with, with the new one, but now you're going to have new challenges you weren't even expecting. And I always think that like kids kind of fall into like three categories. There's like the one that won't leave your side, the one that will be like in proximity and play and like look back to make sure you're still there. And then the one that's gone. Yes. <laughs> Sounds Agreed. like your daughter's the one that's gone. <laughs> Depending. She has, she has to like feel out the scene and like make sure that it's okay. And then yeah, she's gone. And no, actually, that's my that's actually my son. My daughter will stick to you, which is crazy. You would think it'd be the opposite. She's my stick to you kid, like right by your side, maybe to look back if she knows the place. My son's the like, okay, I'm good. Um, but I but again, I think that's because he's just he's the first child. Like he he kind of got like poured into it's a, it's the it's a reality that we can't give them the same, you know. Um, attention when you have to split it between multiple children. So I think his his attachment became secure much quicker than hers. Not saying she doesn't have one, but and I think just her temperament. She's just slow to warm. That's mm-hmm. just that's just her. Very slow to warm. <laughs> well, maybe that'll serve her well in life, though. <laughs> what is your most embarrassing parenting moment? Oh, I think it's just my son. Like children are just brutally honest. Um, and so like, they'll just like say like your business out to like a stranger. <laughs> like you'll say something or you'll do something really embarrassing. They'll be like, hey, mom, remember that one time you did like X, Y, and Z and like a group of people. And I'm just like, let's not talk about that. That's what comes to mind. He used to call, we, he likes pottery booty chips. So like the little pop oh, yeah. snacks. And I used to eat them a lot because they're delicious. And he was, he was really mad that I kept eating all of his snacks. So he said, mom, if you keep eating my snacks, like you're gonna have a big booty because he keep eating all my pirate booty. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put these down. <laughs> you're like, well, actually, you're probably right, but I'm not going to acknowledge yeah. that right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you had friendships when your children were babies, how important are those friendships to you now? And do you still keep in touch? Um, do you mean like them being friends or like me and the adult being friends? Like you having new mom friends and whether okay. or not that was an important part of your life and has it continued to be so? Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't say that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child for no reason. I absolutely believe you need to have people in your corner um, in life in general, but especially when you're raising children. Um, we were one of the first in our our group to have children. So we were very isolated. Um, again, probably what a doula could have been helpful because I wouldn't have felt so alone um, asking questions and things like that. But um, 
the second time around, my we're starting, most of my friends and family is starting to have children. So it's less lonely this time. We're kind of like seasoned vets, I guess you can say, or those that people come to. But I definitely value, let's say it's like a unicorn. It's hard to find a friend and then as an adult and then add on like you have children maybe the same age or same interests or same parenting styles. Like if you find that, hold on tight. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like your mom dating. It's like the only thing you really have in common is the fact that you're both parents and then you see, you know, if the friendship blossoms from there or not. And I've learned, I mean, you really don't stop doing that. Like as long as they're in school or they're in sports or something, you're constantly meeting other new parents and hopefully finding some that you can make some room for in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? I think it's just this move for conscious parenting and gentle parenting. And I, I love it. I'm glad that it is a movement and we're starting to like shift our perspectives and our thinking as it relates to how we care for children. Um, I just, I, I hope that we just get out of one accord of what that looks like. Cause there's a lot of misconceptions on what it looks like, which sometimes deter those who want to do it. They're like, Oh, is it, permissive parenting where you like there's no rules no boundaries anything goes like no it's not actually so just trying to like think maybe hone in and like have like uh more of like a uh grasp on what it actually is for everyone because if you know what it is it's there's no way it fails like if you're if you're using the actual practices the conscious and the gentle parenting then it's it, there's no way to fail um but it's just when it gets misconstrued where, you know, we kind of get into murky waters. Hmm. I actually had another guest basically say something along the same lines that like, it's a great trend, but that like, because you weren't parented that way, it's hard to figure out actually how to do it. Um, which I guess I still don't understand like how there can't be more variation within it. I mean, like, what do you see as yeah. like an issue with like something where it's, not exactly gentle parenting, but somebody thinks that they're doing it. Now, I honestly believe any step towards wanting to do it is like, I mean, hats off, claps to you, absolutely do it. I just think when you're following or using um, a model or someone who's teaching it, that's not teaching the correct form of it, which is like I said, like the permissive more oh, where it crosses and it's okay. more so like you never say no to your child or you have no boundaries or like they run the show. That is not gentle parenting. That's not conscious parenting. That's permissive parenting. And that's where, that's the only, only reason I'd be like, okay, that's the only like downfall, but it's not, it's not so much that I'm like, don't, don't, don't do it anymore. Like, let's not have this be a, a focal point. It just means be mindful that, you know, and like do your research and make sure who you, or where you're getting your information from is credible and they're actually following the right practices. Yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, just like in any profession at this point, it's like, there's tons of information on social media all the time or the books being written all the time. And, you know, especially with parenting, they try to do like a one-stop shop kind of a book on things without there being a whole lot of variation. And then sometimes some of the information given is just really poor and it's very hard to combat that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think all professions go through that because there's just so much information out there and so many people are in the space that they're getting all their information mostly from social media and then following up and looking things up. But that initial oppression is coming from the information that they were, they scrolled past. Yes. And then maybe they decided to take it on and like to look it up a little bit more. So that's yes. something we definitely need to work on. Yeah. What have your children taught you the most about being a parent? 
Um, patience. Um, I like to think that I'm very, very patient, but like they definitely like keep me in check on that. Like, am I really being patient or like, um, is it just like me perceiving that I'm being patient? Like they really, and they make you like, I like to say that I follow, I guess if you go back to that first question, I like to say I'm a reflective caregiver. So like, I believe in like, you have to constantly check in with yourself when you're parenting, because they are mirrors of us. Their behavior is usually the response to our behavior or our reaction. So just being really conscious and in, and intentional on how I'm showing up, because how I I come into the room and how I kind of, you know, move throughout the world is what they're taking in and how they kind of what they put their foundation on. So it's very important that we are making sure that we understand the the gravity of our role, but also giving ourselves the grace that we can misstep, right? <laughs> and we can make a mistake and we can we can falter, but just checking in with yourself. Okay, yesterday wasn't my best day. This this wasn't my finest moment. How can I grow from this? How can we grow from this? How can I correct this and moving on from there? Yeah, I think that that sounds really good. For our final question, what is your biggest parenting advice to share with new parents? Run your own race. Um, the comparison game is massive. The stress, the pressure, um, the information is everywhere. And a lot of the times it can really weigh you down. And before it almost paralyzes you, before, like you're so scared to make the wrong, like quote unquote wrong um, decision or reaction or whatever, what have you, that you don't make one at all. And that's really the only time you can like you can say that you actually may have failed at something is when you don't even give it a try out of fear of what it'll be. So um, just making sure that you're, you're using your child's, you know, like that, that, that saying that like, you know, there's no, there's no um, roadmap for children or being a parent. And I think your child is your map. Your child is your instruction manual and it's going to look different for each child. And as long as you use them as your compass, you can't go wrong. I actually love that phrase, run your own race. Cause I feel like, it's so hard for us to do just in our daily lives, but then like the piece of parenting on top of it, whether it's things that we're looking at or conversations we're having with other parents where we cannot help, but especially in that first year, all the milestones and who's getting there first and who's, you know, standing, walking, crawling. And then the next year it's like, well, who becomes verbal first? I mean, it's so hard. And there are just so many things that your child is really probably going to do on their own. And we definitely want to be aware of the milestones, like you were saying. So we know if there's a delay, but at the same time, we also need to realize that anything that's going on with our child, if there are any delays are not a reflection of our parenting though. And that's, what's so hard about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I worked with quite a few neurodiverse, um, parents and families. Um, and that's my biggest takeaway where like, it's, it's hard to not feel the weight of what a diagnosis or fear of a diagnosis may mean for your family and your child. And it's hard, again, like you said, not to take it personally that like, maybe if I didn't eat this or do this or say this or, you know, whatever, things would be different. And I really just want to like, oh, if I could take away anything, it's that. It's the, this like, this big kind of magnifying glass that we put on people who those brains are just different. All of our brains are different. I think we're all neurodivergent. If you think about it, no two brains are the same, no matter if it's neurotypical or not. Like if we just took that out of it, I understand we need that to kind of help with the supports and things. But I think if we just change the narrative that's around it, where it's just like your brain's just different than mine. It means it just needs different help, different support, but it doesn't mean it's any less beautiful than my brain. You know, once we kind of get that stigma off of it, I think we'll all be better for it. 
And I do think that that has improved vastly over yes, the last, I agree. let's say even 10 years, definitely five years. I mean, as a society, I think we are really making strides and that is really important. Well, we are out of time. Thank you for joining us for episode 12 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you to our guest, Danielle Washington of Unpacked Full Parenting. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having me.